Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is Season 4, and it's called The Journey. Episode 2, Healing. How can we heal ourselves? Why do we see healing as a threat? Why is sickness part of our lives? And how invested have we become in being sick? This is Part 1. Welcome back. This is the second episode in this new series. This episode will be the first of two parts. The journey is a continuation of the book's teachings with more added life journeys and experiences to share. I've sent out a series of questions to three people I know. One of the three will answer questions on healing in our next episode. Unfortunately, due to our current health crisis, I am either phone interviewing or just reading the responses to the questions I've asked. I sent those questions with specific topics to, first, a Catholic priest who will give his insight into healing, second, a Pentecostal reverend, and she will share her perspective on peace, and third, an 81-year-old wannabe cowboy who happens to be my father each one with wonderful stories and interesting journeys. The priest's journey started with a calling from God, then being ordained as a Roman Catholic priest, then being asked to leave the Roman Catholic Church by the archdiocese because he would not follow exactly what he was told to follow. Father Tony wants to set people free from religious oppression. That is the message he received from God and what his mission is. The church would have nothing to do with that. He will answer some questions based on his experience and life's journey. So that'll be in two weeks. I sent several questions about peace and how to obtain it for Reverend Laura. She also has a remarkable, a remarkably interesting story and has spent the better part of her life traveling and helping those less fortunate around the globe. Laura believes that God has a physical presence in this world, but we have closed our eyes to it. I will do a phone interview with Laura and share and let her share some incredible stories. I know you will enjoy. And lastly, I sent several questions about mind and spirit to none other than my 81-year-old father. He is a very insightful man and has an interesting life journey as well. I'm going to do a phone interview with him. I could not think of three better people to hear their perspectives on these three topics, healing, peace, and mind and spirit. Okay, so we're going to talk about healing today. So why is healing seen as a threat? Well, first, let us talk about what healing is. The dictionary describes it as, and I quote, the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again, end quote. Then sickness would be something that made us not sound or wholly functioning. Sickness is a body identification. We see sickness as coming from our bodies and created by our bodies. The only other perspective we jump to is, is this sickness a result of some sort of karmic payback? In a way it is. The karmic payback is that you do not understand sickness, so you, so you allow it to be what it is not. The Course says that our acceptance of sickness as a decision of the mind for the purpose for which it would use the body. In other words, the mind decides what the body does or does not do. 
If a patient receives news from a medical doctor that they are sick, it is their mind that decides if this is so and if they're going to accept this illusion. How many times have we heard about people who get terminally diagnosed and are told that they have three months to live? They go home and almost three months to the day, their body passes. We think, what amazing doctor he or she was that they were able to predict the exact passing of that patient. But did they predict it? Or did that patient go home and make up their mind that they were going to pass in three months time? We've heard the opposite stories as well. I've had several friends with the same type of terminal illnesses and diagnosis go home and tell themselves and everyone who will listen, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I have seen those people either be cured or go on to live many more years before they actually passed. The Course says this requires a shift in perception. If we live our lives believing that our bodies decide our fate, then they definitely will. If we can remind ourselves that we are spirits residing in bodies and that these body and that these bodies, while they do have limitations, we are spiritual beings and not defined by these bodies. The recognition of sickness is of the mind and has nothing to do with the body. The book says, and I quote, for with this recognition is responsibility placed where it belongs, not with the world, but on him who looks on the world and sees it as it is not. He looks on what he chooses to see, no more and no less. The world does, does nothing to him. He only thought it did. Nor does he do anything to the world because he was mistaken about what it is. Herein is the release from guilt and sickness both, for they are one. Yet to accept this release, the insignificance of the body must be an accepted idea. End quote. If we view the body as having power over us, we will deny our true power, which is of our mind. The book says sickness and guilt are one. Guilt is our past. If we live in our minds in the past, then we open ourselves up to sickness. We let it in. The book also states, and I quote, healing must occur in exact proportion to which the valuelessness of sickness is recognized, end quote. What that means is as much effort as you put into healing, you must put into letting go and accepting that sickness has no value to you. To get there, these facts must be accepted and accepted fully. First, decisions are of the mind, not the body. Second, if sickness is but a problem-solving mechanism, it is a decision. And third, and if it is a decision, then it is the mind, not the body, that makes it. By placing all the power and understanding of our existence in our minds and not our bodies, we are making the first steps to accepting ourselves for who we really are, not who we think we are. Healing is only a threat to those who are invested, who are invested in their sickness. It only poses a threat if we believe it is one. Investment in sickness has many forms and many illusions. The further we go in, the harder it is to see that it is an illusion that we created and one we can come back from. If sickness is part of our lives, 
then we need to ask ourselves what we want from it. What is the outcome we desire? It could not possibly be healing, or we would never have believed sickness was possible. Healing and sickness are in our control. The question is, which one do you want more? What is our preoccupation with sickness? What's our investment in it? Do we have an investment in sickness? I think we do. The book definitely says we do, but that investment comes from a lack of understanding of who we truly are. We have a preoccupation with sickness. Present state of the world is a perfect example of that. (laughs) What is everyone afraid of? Getting sick? We just talked about sickness. Sickness comes from fear and accepting the body as having value. So what else are we afraid of? Dying? (laughs) Well, we don't die. The book has stated that over and over. Fear is our current sickness. And as long as we value it and put our minds and bodies into it, then all those things will be real for us. But only as we make them real for us. This is a time to let go and accept our collective strength and oneness. Nothing has any dominion or power over that. Certainly not a virus. So what is the investment? Why do we continue to see ourselves as bodies that are sick and helpless? There must be something in it for us. Or why do it? The ego or body identification part of our split selves needs an investment in sickness. How else are we going to feel alone and separate from the oneness of everyone around us? How else are we going to forget who our father is? This ego has an agenda. Faith, peace, happiness, love, joy, they're not part of it. They are wishes for something better or something more. They are goals we are trying to achieve. We say things like, if I could only do this, then I would be happy. If I could only live here, then I would find peace. If I could only find that special someone, then I would find love. None of these things need to be found. None of them exist outside of us. All of these can be found right now in us in this moment. We are searching in the wrong places with the wrong part of our mind. Our right mind knows where all this can be found. Our right mind knows how all of this can be felt. We just need to ask. Faith. We need faith in ourselves. We need faith in our ability to see past all the stuff that we think will solve our problems. Faith in our Father and His abundance of love for all His children. And faith in what is real and what we created. And uh, Sorry, faith in what is real and not what we created and what we think is real. So the last part I want to talk about is how we heal ourselves. So can we heal ourselves? Absolutely. I say that with conviction and without a single trace of doubt. None. The real question is, 
do you want to be healed? How invested are you in your sickness? What is in it for you, for your ego, for this life's avatar? The problem is solved in your identity. If you can no longer see and believe that your body is in control, then you can give control back to its source. Another quote from the book says, quote, conflict about what you are has entered your mind and you have become deceived about yourself. You are deceived about yourself because you have denied the source of your creation. If you are offered only healing, you cannot have doubt. If you really want the problem solved, you cannot have doubt. If you are, if you are certain about the pro- what the problem is, you cannot have doubt. Doubt is the result of conflicting wishes. Be sure of what you want and doubt becomes impossible. End quote. Doubt is at the very core of healing. If you do not believe it, you will not see it and you will not feel it. In two weeks time is episode three and it'll be part two on healing. And this is where I will interview uh, Father Tony and he will give his insight into these same questions or similar questions and share what he thinks about this. Healing and atonement are identical. Atonement is the acceptance that all of this is not real. The shift in perception from wrong-minded thinking to right-minded thinking. I have given four questions to Father Tony and have asked him to answer them based on what inspiration he gets in sharing the answers. He is currently the lead pastor at a small church I attend periodically. I'm not religious, so organized religion is not my thing. However, when the spirit moves me and I feel compelled to go, I follow that feeling and attend. Usually, it's because there is a message or further insight that I'm seeking. Remember, we are all teachers and we are all learners. My journey leads me to places I am drawn to and always is there something I need. Thank you for listening. In two weeks, I will upload episode three, part two of the journey on Sunday, October 4th. Remember, This is our journey. Let us keep finding our way. Live in this moment. It is the only one that matters. Always love, Denise.